Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. This summer, uh, with everything that we have going on around us in our crazy, crazy world, I wanted to do this series on the book of James. Uh, James is a wonderful book all about how to encourage the Christians when they're going through hard times. And uh, I'm titling this series, Unshakable Faith, Life Above Chaos. How many of you would agree we are living in a chaotic world right now? Craziness, right? Um, No matter where you're at in the spectrum of age, every one of us are feeling uneasy. We're feeling unsettled. It's interesting We've, we've come through a pandemic. We've come through this, this death angel that visited all the world in the, in the form of COVID. We've come through that, and we stand here today, and all, many of us, though we had it, we overcame it, we were, were victorious, we're overcoming we're through the power and the blood of Jesus, but yet then there's something else, and then there seems to be something else. It's like anytime you wake up, there is something else. That now, oh, now we have this. Anxiety is at an all-time high. Fear is at an all-time consumption where we are consumed with fear. Um, And if we're not careful as Christians, we get our eyes off of Jesus and we get our eyes on the world and we get distracted. And we get discouraged. And we get sad. And we get overwhelmed. And we just want to pull the covers over our head and say, go away, day, I'll see what tomorrow's like. Anybody ever feel that way? Anybody? Being honest today, talking to people here. So, so this is what I want to do. I want to I take, and we're going to learn some very encouraging words from the book of James. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the book of James. If you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to the book of James. If you have your uh, version. Now, let me say something here. I, I just discovered this past week. I talk about version or the Bible app like everybody has it. You may not have it. So this is your opportunity. I'm going to give you a quick, brief tutorial on the Bible app. It is the most downloaded app in all the market. It is huge. And all you got to do is put in Bible. It's free. It'll say uh, Bible by Life Church or by version. Another, another word for it is version. Um, the Bible app is a great way to encourage your faith. It has devotions you can do for a weekly devotion, or you can do a monthly devotion, you can do a yearly devotion. Every day you can put a reminder in your phone to go and do a devotion, and it keeps you on track with doing that. It has couples devotions, Mary's devotion. It has uh, people who are going through divorce devotions. It has all these things to encourage your heart. I encourage you, get the Bible app. It will revolutionize your life, and it's completely, 100% free. It is free. When we do studies here at church or when we do a digital study with everybody, we use the Bible app to kind of navigate through that. So open your Bibles to the book of James, because today we're going to take a thousand-foot view of James. We're going to look at it from a very high place, looking down at the five chapters of James. And I'm just going to pull out different things that are going to kind of speak to us today. And then in the weeks to come, I'm going to break down and we're going to basically go James 1 two, three, and four. We're going to work through the entire book of James all the way through this summer. Um, Here's what the book of James is all about. First off, let me give you some facts about the book of James uh, that maybe you didn't know. The book of James is the 22nd, what they call, epistle in the New Testament. What is an epistle? That's a big word for a letter. 
It's a letter that's written to the church in the days whenever the church was just developing. And James is the half-brother of Jesus. Think about that. This guy knew Jesus personally. He's the half-brother. Why is he half-brother? Well, because Jesus was Mary and God, and therefore James was Mary and Joseph. This was the natural, the, the, the biological son of Mary and Joseph, half-brother of Jesus. And James was impacted by the teachings and the life of Jesus Christ, so much so that he was a Christ follower, and he even wrote this letter to encourage the early church. Uh, this was written around 53 A.D., 40, I'm sorry, 45 A.D., uh, just around when the church was just starting. So it's a very early epistle to speak life into the early church. And that's what I pray it does for all of us to, as we journey through this, that no matter what you're going through, no matter the struggles, his words will ring true in you today just as much as they did to the listeners or the readers back in the day. So James uh, is a, uh, a powerful testimony. And here's what he does. He encourages the early church to live a consistent life of faith. His whole story is, listen, you need to live out the faith that you was given you. You were given this incredible gift, and the gift that you were given, flesh it out, live it out among your community in a godly, in a holy, in a righteous way. So James is going to continually talk about persisting in, persisting in your faith. When you get discouraged, know that God is for you and that God is going to walk with you through those times. He's going to encourage you that whenever chaos comes crashing in and starts shaking your world, how do you handle the chaos? Do you crumble or do you run and retreat? How do you handle that? And today, I want to look at what are the marks of maturity? What are the marks of maturity is what I want to talk about looking specifically at uh, a bird's eye view, or a thousand foot view of the book of James. We're going to look through the entire chapter. We're going to pull out little scriptures to kind of show us what maturity is. Because here's what Hebrews chapter 6 says. Hebrews 6, 1 says, let us go on to maturity. God wants us to grow up in our faith. He doesn't want us just to get saved and just to say, okay, I acknowledge that Jesus died for my sins and I want to live for him. He wants us to grow in our faith and become who God wants us to become. Sadly, though, many of us today aren't walking in maturity. Maybe you've been in church for uh, a year. Maybe you've been in church for a couple months. For you, you're just growing, developing. But if you've been in church longer than 10 years or longer than 20 years, and some of you longer than that, there's maturity that needs to be coming through our walk with God. We must move on and grow. So what is maturity? If you have your notes, write this down. I'm going to give you four. There's many more than this, but here's four signs of what maturity is not. This is not what maturity is. Maturity, number one, <clears throat> maturity is not an age. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a drink. Maturity is not age. You know how I know that? I know a lot of 40 and 50 and 80-year-olds that are very immature. They do, uh, they do not act what we would say is mature in their own age. There's a bumper sticker I once saw. It says, I'm maybe getting older, but I'm not, getting, I'm not growing up. And sometimes 
We think maturity has to do with age, but really it does not. It has nothing to do with age. Second thing is this. Maturity is not appearance. It's not in how they dress. It's not how we dress. It's not how we do our hair. It's not even in um, whether people have tattoos or piercings or not. It's not in if I can grow a beard, then I'm mature. No, it has nothing to do with it. I know a lot of pubescent boys that try to grow a beard. They say it's a beard. It's not a beard, but they say it is, and they think they're mature. Uh, it's not in the appearance. It's not in the external things. Maturity is not about appearance. Uh, the third thing is maturity has nothing to do with achievements or accomplishments. You can run the million-dollar business. You can be uh, in charge of major corporations, and you can accomplish, uh, win MVP of the year, and have all these wonderful accolades, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're mature. mature. This last thing is this. Maturity has nothing to do with academics. So it's not about age. It's not about appearance. It has nothing to do with achievements, and it has nothing to do with academics. It doesn't matter how many letters you have after your name, it does not make you mature just because you've gone to college most of your life. That does not make you mature. So we have to understand that maturity is something else. If maturity is not this thing, because this is what, this is the list that the world would say marks a mature person. If you ask somebody, what's maturity? They might say to you, well, it's my, it's my uh, grandfather. Why? Because he's old. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're mature. And so if this is not what maturity is, what is it? What does the scriptures tell us that it is? Because God says, mature yourself and grow up. Move on in life and become someone of stable maturity. What is maturity? Here's the kind of summary. Maturity, in God's eyes, God says maturity is attitude. It's how you approach life. It's how you live your life out before all people. D.L. Moody said this, character is who you are in the dark. This is what maturity is. Maturity measures who we are through our spiritual growth. And James is all about, the book of James is all about spiritual maturity, leaving the elementary things and moving on to mature things. Sacrificing some behaviors that your friends may do because you know it's not healthiest for your spiritual growth. So you stop doing certain things and going to certain places because it destroys you or attempts you to move down immature places. You make a decision to walk in maturity and become spiritually mature with God. So I want to give you five marks of a mature person. You'll want to write these down. These, are, I think, are really good. And we're going to look at, we're going to take one from chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, and chapter 5, all the way through to kind of speak to us today. So number one, first mark of maturity is this. You measure yourself, as I say these, measure it where you're at. And be real, and be authentic, be true. Here's number one. A mature person is positive under pressure. A mature person is positive under pressure. Turn to someone and say, under pressure. I think that was the song. I saw, I saw, I saw a band last night, and the guy was like, <laughs> I was going to do it on, on worship, but the band told me not to. So, Mature person is, you can notice a mature person because they're positive under pressure. James 1, 2, and 4. Chapter 1, verse 2 and 4 says, Consider it pure, pure joy, 
Uh, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the test of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be what? So you may be what? Mature and complete, not lacking anything. Understand this, that perseverance, when we go through the pressures and trials of life, as we persevere through, as we press through, we actually develop more maturity and become more like Jesus because Jesus demonstrated for us when he went through the brutality of the cross, when he suffered like he did on the cross, he demonstrated what maturity was. What did he do? He didn't speak a word. Why? He was mature. How do you respond when trials come your way? Do you bottom out? Are you blown away? Or do you stay steady and continue the course? Don't believe me that the marks of a mature person is positive under pressure. Talk to a teenage girl when she has a pimple right here. The world has ended. Life is over. Kill me now, mom. Pimple right there, right? Marks of a mature person uh, states that we, no matter what we face in life, we walk through. Because the fact is, guys, life is full of problems. Everybody got me? Hear me? Say yes. It's true. It's hurtful, painful. Thanks for bringing and reminding me about it, Pastor Kevin. Life has lots of problems. Life has lots of trials that come our way. But a mature person can face those problems with a positive attitude. Now listen, let me just say something here. There's some in this room, you have a natural bend to be more positive than other people. There's others of you who are naturally more negative than other people. So the people who are naturally positive, something hits them hard, or something comes out, they're like, all right, woo, come on now, check it out. The person that uh, gets hit with, ne- and they have a negative attitude, like, God, why? Why is it me all the time? Right? So there's people that have a natural bend, but I'm talking about maturity means it doesn't matter what, if you're a negative person or a positive person, a person who is mature in Christ sees beyond the trials, beyond the pain, beyond the troubles that you're going through because they know that God has got them. They know they can walk through the hard times. And this is, this is the challenge that we face as Christians, is to walk maturely, even though we're living in a very chaotic world right now. Trust me, when I go to the gas station and it goes up, it seems like every second of every minute of every day, and I put that nozzle in my tank, I go, oh me, $5 doesn't do nothing, you know? And this is the things that happen whenever we turn on the news and we see the troubles that are all around us, all around the world. It's really easy to become negative. Whenever we get the bills coming in, whenever we see the, uh, the, the credit card statement, we see the utility bill come in and it's 25% higher than it was a month ago. Really hard. It's really hard to be positive under pressure. But we have to remember, a marks of a mature person says, God, you're in control. God, I trust you. And therefore, God, I'm going to weather this persecution or this trial I'm going through. Are you supportive or are you skeptical? Are you you a negative or a positive person? Do you affirm or do you get angry? 
Are you affectionate or are you distant? How do you respond when pressures come your way? James says this also. Blessed is the man who perseveres in a trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown that God has, that the crown of life that God has promised to him for those who love him. The marks of a mature person says we persevere, we walk through the hard times with a positive attitude. That's thought number one. Number two, moving on to chapter two. Number two, the marks of a mature person is not just being positive under pressure, but being sensitive to people. Number two, in, in James chapter two, he says another mark of a mature person is you're sensitive to people around you. Here's what James 2.8 says. If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. James is saying, listen, take care of those around you because that matters to a mature person in God. What do you do when you see people hurting? Are you skeptical? Are you a pessimist? Do you look at them and be like, yeah, they'll get over it. I have worse problems than that. Do you compare your, your problems, your difficulties, to their difficulties? And like, that's nothing. You can't sweat that. I'm going through this. Or are you sensitive to the hurts of those around you? Understand this. When my kids were growing up, um, they are like all of your kids growing up, selfish. They only care about themselves. They only want what they want, right? They're not sensitive to mom and dad's feelings. Or they wouldn't tell me I look fat. They would not do that if they were sensitive to me, right? I tell them I'm not fat. I'm in shape. Round is my shape. All right? That's an ongoing joke. Anyway, my kids never did that. They were very sweet to me. But kids are not sensitive to other people's feelings. That's why they're very candid. They're very honest. Don't ask the kids their opinion if you don't want to hear something that might hurt you, right? The sad part is, I know a lot of adults like that. The sad part is, you go on any social media and you'll read how insensitive people are to other people. Now listen, they may not say their name because that's how you get by on social media with just ripping somebody and just laying it out there. Don't say their name, but deep down you know who they are. You got your targeted, man. That, that, poo, gotcha. And, and the person on the other end, they read it like, oh, that's a good thing. Oh, I'm glad. They don't get, but here's, the, we're, we're sensitive to other people. A mature person is sensitive to the people around them. Here's some scriptures to kind of help go with that. James chapter 2, 1 through 6, don't show favoritism. Uh, don't be a snob, James says. Don't look down on people. Don't judge them by their appearance. Don't insult people. Don't exploit people. James, just summarizing kind of what he's saying, he says, uh, uh, he, he's telling you, hey, listen, be sensitive to those around you. Matthew 25, Jesus is talking. He says, at that judgment, they will stand before the Lord, and I'll say, I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was, I was, I say naked. I understand it's something else. I said naked. That's, I'm from Missouri. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick and in prison. You visited me. And we'll say, when, the Lord, when, Lord, when did we do this? When did we help those in need? When did we clothe you? When did we feed you? When did we do it? It's when you're mature, you help those and you're sensitive to those around you. We will be judged on how well we treat others around us. 
So the marks of a mature person is positive under pressure. Marks of a mature person is sensitive to people around us. Number three, in chapter three, the marks of a mature person has, this is a challenging one, has mastered their tongue. Mm. We can skip this one. How many votes skip this one? <laughs> Everybody, stick your tongue out. Go ahead, stick it out. Throw it way out there so you can see it. Can, can you guys see it? I can't see it. Can anybody see their tongue? That's, you got a long tongue then. Anyway, the marks of a mature person has mastered their tongue or mastered their mouth. James 3, 2 says this way. We all stumble in many ways. This is an understatement, of course, for all of us. It says, if anyone is never at fault with what he says, he is a perfect person and able to keep his whole body in check. When you go to the doctor, the first thing they do is they will say, stick out your tongue, and they're checking you out because the tongue is the thing that really navigates the source of our life. Loose lips sink ships. Loose lips destroy lives. Our tongue is really vital. And in James chapter 3, we'll read about that in the next couple weeks about how we can navigate and how we can allow our tongue to be used to build up and not tear down. In fact, James gives several different illustrations in, the, in chapter 3. He says the, book is, uh, he says the tongue is like a rudder on a ship that directs its whole course, though it's very small. It can, power, it can direct the course of this mighty ship. It says that the tongue is like a, a bit in a horse's mouth, and you can take that horse, this mighty strong horse, wherever you want it to go. It's like a spark that will catch a uh, fire in the forest. It's like a snake that bites. It's like a spring of living water. So these are the things. It says it's small, but it's powerful. It has many things to do. So it marks a mature person has mastered their tongue. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth except for that which is helpful for building others up so that it may benefit those who listen. Listen to that. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. So the things you talk about around the water cooler, the stories, the jokes that you talk about uh, to your friends and you think that it's okay to talk about, the perversions and like that, this says here, don't let, if you're mature, don't let those unwholesome talks come out of your mouth because someone might hear it and it won't benefit them. It'll hurt them or it'll hinder them. And so the challenge here in James chapter 3 is, listen, watch your tongue because your tongue is powerful to speak life or death into anyone it comes into contact with. Now, that doesn't mean that there's times that you don't speak truth to people and you don't help people grow and get stronger. It's not times I've had times that I've had mentors of mine sit me down and talk with me about how I can do better in this area and that area, but it was about the right time, the right place, and the right atmosphere, and with the right heart. They had the right heart. They loved me, they cared for me, and they helped me become better through the process of encouraging me with their words. So, a marks a mature person, positive under pressure, sensitive to others. Uh, marks a mature person, mastered their tongue. Number four, chapter four, here's what James is going to talk about. The marks of a mature person is a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. A peacemaker, you're a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. What causes fights and quarrels among you? James chapter four, verse one says. What causes these fights? Don't they come from the desires that you have within you? What causes fights and quarrels? What causes rumors to be spoken? It's from jealous people 
who want something that they cannot have, and so they speak, and they speak negatively about you and spread a, a rumor about you. Understand this. The reason why these quarrels come up, the reason why these fights happen, is because inside there's something wrong with us. Are you a peacemaker or are you a troublemaker? Do you like to argue? Do your kids like to argue? They're learning it from somewhere. Think about that. What is it that, what is it that you do? Are you a peacemaker or are you a troublemaker? Do you bring peace or chaos into your home? Here's what Here's why I think why conflict comes into our world. Two reasons. Number one, write this down in your notes. It's not in your notes. It's just extra. Two reasons why conflict comes into our world. First one is selfishness. People want what they want, and they'll do what they can to get it. They'll step on who they need to. They'll talk bad about who they need to. They'll, they'll spread rumors. They'll, they'll, back, they'll, they'll, they'll stab somebody in the back. They selfishness, they want what they want, and that is all they care about. And they don't care who they hurt to get it in the process. It's really an ego thing. It's a pride thing. The second reason why I see conflict in our world today is uh, conflict from judging others. We look people up and down. We, ch- we look at what they drive. We look at where they live. We look at how they dress, and we judge them, and therefore it causes conflict in our world. Why should we not judge? Why is it so challenging to not judge? Well, because we think we know better. But remember this, you're not God, and you don't want to be God. I don't want to judge because I don't want to be the one that's judged myself. So therefore, make sure that you're always walking peacefully with God and being a peacemaker and not a troublemaker. So, Last point I want to give to you is this, positive under pressure, sensitive to people's feelings, mastered, uh, master, that you mastered your mouth or your tongue. Uh, you are a peacemaker. And the last thing is this, and Mark's a mature person, is patient and prayerful. We're going to say that out loud. Mark's a mature person. What are they? Two things. They are what? Now say it without resentment in your mouth because you know I'm going to talk about patience. A marks of a mature person is what? Challenge set. Patience and prayerful. Marks of a mature person. Uh, James chapter 5, verse 7 and 11 says this. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. As you know, we consider blessed those who persevere. Be patient in our sufferings. So that at the end, we see the power of what God can do. Patience is mentioned in those verses. Patience is mentioned four times. Prayer is mentioned seven. Patience is a virtue. And let's just be honest, it is hard to live out patience. Uh, Especially now in our world today because we are about instant gratification. Think about it. You want, you think of something you want, you can go to a store and get it, or you jump on Amazon, and then you have to be patient for two days. No! Now that's here in Keokuk. 
I have heard in bigger cities you can get it the same day. My parents live in O'Fallon, same day. Woo! I would have so much stuff, it would kill me. I remember when my kids were little, they would say, hey, Dad, can we get this? And I'd say, sure, and we'd look it up. Now, this was before Amazon. You had to order it, right? And then they would, we would order it, and they'd come to me the next day. Dad, is it here? We just ordered it. I mean, Pastor Terry can testify. Back when you were young, right? Back a few years ago, you had the mail order catalog, right? That's right. And you had to write down and put your money in the envelope and send it off from, to Sears to get something, right? Took forever, didn't it? Quite a while. Patience. Patience is something that is very hard. But this is not just about patience. It's about prayer. We are challenged to, as a mature person, not just be patient, but prayerful while we wait. Prayerful while we wait. Uh, the illustration of a farmer, uh, he uses the illustration of a farmer. He says, be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield valuable crop. How patient he is for the fall and uh, fall and spring rains to come. You too be patient. Stand firm in the Lord for he's coming. Don't grumble against each other. Don't get upset with each other. Don't judge one another, but be patient. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. And as you be patient and you pray, he settles our souls and we find peace. This illustration of a farmer is uh, very, I think, appropriate for our particular venue. We've been by the fields. We'll see the farmers out planting. We'll see them prepping the crops. And we'll start to see, we start to see the corn come up even now. I uh, hear it's supposed to be knee-high by July. I guess that's a good crop. And uh, we, we see it happen, and then we'll see the, them come and take the harvest in. Patience is all about the process. So here's the question. What is the process God is trying to work out in your life? Something that God, only God can do. What is God trying to work out in your life right now? That you're being called to be patient. To just wait. But as you wait, let me encourage you, you pray. And you ask God, God, help me to continue to have the patience, the marks of a mature person, patience for what you're bringing my way and what you're going to do. Because the marks of a mature person is positive under pressure. The marks of a mature person, they are sensitive to those around them. The marks of a mature person, they guard their tongue and they watch their mouth. The marks of a mature person is a peacemaker. And the marks of a mature person is patient and prayerful as they wait and persevere. Bow your heads to me today. Father, help us today to be people of maturity. Christians, Christ followers, who are more than just that in title, more than that just in attendance on a Sunday morning, but we are Christ followers every day of our lives as we walk with you, that we practice this maturity, that we are mature in how we handle the pressures of life. Father, we're sensitive to those around us. God, this tongue that gets us into trouble quite a bit, 
Would you teach us every day to hold tight the reins of our tongue so that we could find hope and peace? Jesus, that the marks of a mature person is a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. Someone who is always looking for the, the course of peace, the, 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 the path to peace is what they're all about. And finally, God, most importantly, would you teach us to be patient and prayerful in the waiting seasons of our life? The times that we're waiting for the harvest to grow, the times that we're, we're waiting for you to do something miraculous, God, help us, help us to understand that, God, it's in these moments, in these times, you mature us and make us more like you. With head bowed and eyes closed here today, you're here in one or two or maybe three, maybe four, possibly five of these points today all apply to you. And you say, listen, I'm struggling here. I need this here. I need this here. I want you to know God is for you. God cares about you, and God sees where you're at, and God understands the struggles you're facing. You are not alone, because through the trials, through the perseverance, through the struggles of life, He walks with you. His presence is there with you. A mature person acknowledges, just as He says, God said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. In the darkest of times, I'm there. In the greatest of times, I'm there. When you struggle the most, I'm there. When you're sailing through breezy life, I'm there. And I want you to know you're my child. I am for you. And if I'm for you, no one or nothing could ever be against you. So Father, help us to learn what it means to be mature, but also God move on to maturity.
never alone. Going through the trials, going through the troubles, they're right there with them, God. You are for them. right now. Reassure us every day. Let us become mature and more and more like you every day. Teach us what the marks of a mature person is and remind us all the time we're never alone. So go with us right now until we meet again. Thank you, God, for being with us today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Have a great week. Enjoy your summer kickoff. You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkiakuk.com.